Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. Hey there, how's it going? It's going well, how are you? I am doing excellent. It's the Wednesday, January 19th episode of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. Mm-hmm. What episode number are we on? Uh, 123. One, this is episode 123. Yes. Okay. Well... We have uh, come to the other side of the playoff weekend. Uh, we missed Monday. It was was uh, a day that we did not record. Yes. So uh, so the playoffs happened. Everything is now set. We now know what's about to happen in the uh, in the next round. Uh, anything you want to say about the games that uh, that uh, that that just went by? Yeah, um, we'll be discussing more fully on February, uh, or Friday. But I think one of the – I don't know if there's any surprises. I was kind of expecting most of the, the wins. But I think what's well, going to end up happening oh, – That's right. You went uh, – what, you went 5-0 and on your picks? Yeah. That's, that's right. You got them all right. But I don't think that's going to carry into the second round. I mean, I'm going to have to watch all the games, obviously, and stuff. But I think some of the games were uh, – I mean, I think that most surprising uh, game was the um, – was the 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 Eagles Bucks games? I thought that the Bucks would be able to hold them too, and I'll let them do those last minute scores, which was kind of a weird ending of that game. Yeah, but I also thought it's that game's in, or that game and the 49ers Cowboys game are gonna have big implications on the game that they're doing. So the Bucks game uh, against the Rams, and then the 49ers versus the Green Bay Packers. Those games have been negatively impacted for the 49ers in the in the uh, Bucks in the form that uh, the Bucks. Um, Tristan Wirfs is maybe not playing. We don't really know due to the ankle injury. We'll have to see. Are you see. looking forward to the next game? Huh? You can't do that. What? You're not looking forward to the, You're not giving me the injury report, are you? Yeah. Give me the injury report? Hey. Hey, you know, that's Friday's business, sir. I, mean, I just asked what you thought about the games that went by. I, hey, that's what I'm saying. That's the big thing to take away from it is the injury Injuries. report. Okay. Because All right. the 49ers lost two of their star pieces that may or may not be back. Jimmy Garoppolo's fighting through a shoulder injury. That could can significantly change that game uh, for the negative 49ers and 49er fans. And the Bucks could get thrown out of the playoffs due to the fact that their offensive line is now beat up with the center having an injury that he was able to play through but still injured. In, uh, is he going to be out on Sunday? He should be fine, but I don't know if Tristan Wirfs will be there. He could be out that game. He could not be able to play, mm-hmm. and that will completely affect everything because yep. Aaron Donald and Von Miller will go after oh, that side. and critical. Tom Brady will go on the ground quite a bit, and therefore yeah, could get thrown out. Bad. What's their backup center like? He's or uh, so the center. I think Ryan Jensen will play because okay. as know long as injured. the center plays, we're 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 no, we're, we're not, better. We're better. We're better, but we're not because we aren't worried about handing the ball off. Ah, I still would be worried. I get Fournette's going to be back. He did a tweet that says he's coming back this game. Okay. So I see, that's a big that's deal. A, that's a big positive. But when they're in the passing game. It, things could get kind of hairy for him, especially because Godwin, I, I don't think, will be back in this game. So the most the best target you have is Mike Evans, but he'll be guarded by Jalen Ramsey. So there's, I'll talk about all that variables later. But my point is the biggest storyline to take away from last week's football games wasn't even the gameplay. It was the injuries that came out of yeah. the gameplay. Yeah. I'm looking at the the list here a lot of questionables a lot of questionables yeah you're gonna see a lot of questions you know what's interesting is they've got Fournette in the injured reserve list really that doesn't sound right that's not accurate anymore hmm, right. hmm. okay all right so bill o'brien former head coach of the texans i believe yes you're right 
currently the offensive coordinator for the Alabama Crimson Tide. Uh, we now have, and, and, and they did well. They went to the national championship game, right? Yes. Um, lost. Pretty good offense. They lost, I understand. But you would think, naturally, that his name would come up uh, in these jobs around the NFL that are open. Jacksonville is one of them. You know, yeah. they, uh, well, I mean, they, Jacksonville needs a coach. Yeah, they need a coach. But they also just had Urban Meyer blow up. Yeah, true. And yeah, so true. they're probably not really interested in a coach that's kind of like on his way back. Right? Uh, I think there's more, uh, more to it than that. We, we we've been touching on it for a while ever since the news broke that he could be going to the Jaguars. Yeah, I think they didn't want to run the risk of what he is as an NFL coach. He, I mean, obviously it'd be a different situation than he was in when he was um, at the Houston Texans because he was the GM and the coach, and he made a lot of bad decisions as the GM part of it. The coach was, coach part was fine, but I don't think he. I mean, obviously I don't think he brings the right pieces to the table to to correct this team uh, I, I think they're trying to I think right now maybe we could see them circle back to it if they can't get one of these more uh, high-profiled um, offense and defense coordinators from yeah. uh, like the Cowboys or the Vikings or these these players that are in in question right or these pieces that are in question right now if they can't get one of those pieces they'll be more than happy to get uh, Bill O'Brien at this po- at that point but right now when you have opportunities to get some really good coaches that yeah. are sitting there that are open to the opportunity i would go after them because they've had proven success in the nfl and don't have because bill o'brien has a decent like you mentioned college uh resume at this point after going with alabama getting them all the yeah. way there losing one game showing good signs and all that but as an nfl level he really demolished the texans and now they're at where they are at because of what he did to the team before he was fired and, and left the team and i think uh, jacksonville looks at that and says i don't think so especially because the, um, I think they fired their GM when they fired the, the head coach. They're kind of in the middle of a situation. Uh, or no, maybe not. They actually might have been one of the teams that haven't. But I think they're just looking for a guy that can come in and fix them up immediately and doesn't have the track record that uh, yeah, Brian has. Yeah, like, you don't want the baggage. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think they learned that with um, Urban Meyer. So they're like, yeah, that let's be careful with what did, we're, yeah, where we're going with this. Well. Uh, it looks like... So the last time the Jags fired their general manager was back in November of 2020. So uh, that means the guy. Yeah, he's still here then. He's still yeah, yeah he's okay. still there. They didn't fire him. Which so they might he want will to, get to but go find another. We'll see. Coach. I mean, hopefully he does a better job with this draft choice with this one than Urban Meyer. And I, I don't know. I think Urban Meyer maybe he was like the like the pick of the owner. Yeah, right? I th- like the owner really wanted. I him. think it was the owner that really wanted yeah. him. Yeah. So, but there's going to be a lot of great coaches. There's a lot of available. great coaches you opportunities in right Tampa here. Bay coordinators, like Dan Quinn. He's just like three Dan or four, li- uh, three or four interviews lined up this week. Just bang, yep. bang, and bang. It's like wow. And I think more as teams get eliminated, especially in this round of playoffs, you'll see these cut, uh, um, offense and defensive coordinators, sure. position coaches become available for interviews yep. because they're not going to be as intertwined. So we're going to see a, like a lot more steps up there. We also figured out yesterday. Um, I don't know if it was, uh, I think, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but the, um, Ken Norton jr. For Seattle got fired. Their defense. Oh, I didn't see that. So he will be, they'll be looking for a new defensive coordinator next season as well. Okay. He got fired, huh? Yes. They let him go. So there's huh. a little mix up there. And also 
Russell Wilson said he's interested in looking at his options. Interesting. Looking at his options, meaning in the offseason, meaning yeah. what? Looking for a different team? That what sounds we, like uh, that sounds like that. What are we doing? What are we looking for? There's a lot of cryptic things yeah. Russell Wilson's been kind of putting out. Yeah. But he's saying one thing, and he's doing a little bit of something else when he's mm. interacting with the fans. Interesting. In the media. Yeah. Speaking of interesting, uh, Troy Aikman uh, said that he thinks that the this is from the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. It's like Stefan Stevenson down there. Says, uh, Troy Aikman says, luxury of Dallas Cowboys facilities, popularity of team impedes winning. Yeah. So it's like it's too cushy. Is that the deal? They think, I read the, the article kind of goes into, it's on omniasports.com if you guys want to uh, read it. But um, it was basically saying that because Dallas, even if they win or lose, they are always on the the morning shows, the weekday shows, the Sunday yeah, morning like no get-up shows. There's always there, Dallas. It's right, always at the sure. start of the show, Dallas, 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 Dallas. It doesn't matter how they're doing. And then you look at their facility. I mean, you saw it on Hard Knocks. That thing is nice that they're yes, practicing nice. at. One of the nicest in the NFL, if not the nicest in the NFL. Um, and then on top of all that, they're America's team, and that's – the expectation. So no matter where they're at, they're always going to be America's team because that's just how they've been. Uh, and then he went on, uh, Troy went on to say that when he was playing for Dallas, that, um, that, uh, uh, the, um, the coach gave them a hard time, no matter how they were doing. And if they were playing better, more so that they were not getting, not letting it get to their heads. And, um, he was kind of asking is, uh, Mike McCarthy doing that with this team or is it not hard enough? Is it not being hard enough on the players that is not letting get to their heads who they are? And that's, is that why they are losing all these games? I mean, it's a question to, I, I think to look at because right now I think Dallas needs to, to take this season, this loss, and not just brush it off and say, we're still America's team. It doesn't even matter. They need to look at this as something they need to build upon. They need to really critique it. They need to look at the areas they need to fix. And then they need to be ready to get further into the playoffs next season and be legitimate contenders. Because then they're going to have success. But I think I think that he brought up some interesting points in the form of, I think, they're, I think they've been... There's too much buzz around them to have success. And I think in the NFL, we see that a lot. When there's a lot of a buzz around a franchise... It, it ends up. It gets to the players' heads, and yeah. the best teams and the best coaches are the coaches they that says have that buzz there in Dallas. Yeah, it's the best coaches and the best players are the ones that say, "No, I'm not listening to the media. I'm not listening to all the buzz. I'm just going to be doing my best and my best over and over again." Because those are the type of players that adapt. Those are the type of players that have success, longevity in the league. But if you just let it go to your head and you listen to it too much, what you end up going to have is you're going to have players that are becoming increasingly more soft in their gameplay because they're like, look at all this that we're doing. Look at all we accomplished. I guess it's like they become settled in where they're at. And the the um, the type of coaches and the type of players that played uh, 20, 30, 20 years ago or 15 years ago even, those types of players had coaches that were constantly seeking better. I and mean, Belichick still does it with the, the Patriots. He, it's the Patriots' way of getting better every game figuring out what you're doing wrong and then being hard on yourself to get better and better, not just being relaxed about it. Now, obviously it's nice to be able to have the luxuries that the Dallas Cowboys have and have the type of uh, uh, facility and all that type of things. But it also, you got to start winning because 
And I think that's something that I've even kind of felt. I feel like the Dallas Cowboys have always just been the team that, that gets it through the thick and thin of this America te- America's team. They're the best. Like th- this is the team that the country is basically based upon. And that's like, not based upon, but like the country's uh, in, in the NFL, that's where most people that don't have a team that they're following goes to Dallas Cowboys because they're America's team. And that's kind of the air about them. But it just seems like I want them to earn that right. Kind of when you're a, when you're a fan or you're an analyst, you want them to be playing better week over week over week over week and improving and improving and improving and improving. That way, you can look at it and say, "Look, this right here is why we call them them the Ameri- uh, America's team, and not this type of team that can go through the ebbs and flow and still get the same amount of praise." Um, so I think that needs to be I think that needs to be changed. Uh, another thing I would have mentioned about the article is I think it's I think it's interesting to see the the change that the NFL has gone through uh, over the last 10, 15, 20 years, or whatever, where players have gone from and even recently, the recent more recently than that with the men in the arena, you've been talking about the, that Patriots team of the 2000s or the yeah. 2000s where they're constantly fighting each other to prove and be better. And I think we're starting to see a little bit of teams that are going through the motions and like trying to correct the, the, the I guess like trying to correct the the bowling ball to make sure he hits the the pins or whatever they're trying to do what's necessary to keep it on the right track but they're not actually fixing the inconsistencies in the team and that's something that's been so hard for me at least when I'm trying to pick the playoffs I'm constantly weighing variables of like when I'm looking at the season I'm looking at the fact that this team struggled this week and they were better than this week and then they came back for the next three games and they struggled with the exact same things that kept them out of week one and they're struggling now we're seeing signs of that in the playoffs and I think it's something that's been killing these teams that have even been eliminated these little mistakes these little inconsistencies and teams like the chiefs um who have had a lot of issues with turnovers and things of that nature um are now going to be didn't have to struggle against the steelers because they're the steelers and they don't have the correct skill set to take advantage of that but now they're playing josh allen and the bills and there's not that much room for error and so i think the way the nfl has changed is not so much of improve and get better and make sure these mistakes don't come back into how can we kind of like figure out the best way to make them as limited as possible. And if they flare up, how do we overcome that? And and I think over the first few weeks, that makes sense. You see the issues, you overcome them, you fix them. But you don't want them to manifest themselves later in the season. And I think over the last few years, especially uh, in doing this podcast, I've been noticing a lot more of that between these players and these coaches. They're not like forcing their players to get better. I think you only see that in like the older coaches and like, Bruce Arians or um, what is the what is his name? Oh, Bill Bill Belichick. These older coaches that have been around the league for a while that are constantly forcing for better and to strive and tune out the media. Make sure you're doing these things that have worked for for a very long time in this league to make sure you don't let that get to your head and you have success in the league. To now and even Mike Tomlin, who's like very very serious with how he's doing and you look at the success of these coaches and the the longevity that they have so i think maybe even for dallas moving on from mike mccarthy might be uh, a move that they should be looking at making because when you look at it it's really their offensive coordinator and dan quinn the defense coordinator that's making this team successful mike mccarthy is just kind of on the sideline to do the challenges in the clock management and he struggles with the clock management uh, of the of a certain game and that's something that we've been really struggling with the Dallas Cowboys because they've been shooting themselves in the foot with the clock management and where they're using the timeouts and why they're using the timeouts in that situation so is I think the issue with Jerry Jones might be that he likes 
his guys too much. Like it seems like he's one of those guys that are like, once I find you, I'm going to bring you right. back consistently, yep. which is great for movie makers and stuff like that. But in the NFL, you need to be, <laughs> you need to be moving on from coaches. If they're not doing exactly what you need them to do, that's because how, that's how the business works. Because I always felt like Jason Garrett was there way too long. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. He likes a guy and he'll stick on him, stick on him, stick on him and stick on him. And then finally too much pressure from the outside or he just fed up with any move on to the next guy. But I think Mike McCarthy needs to be seriously evaluated with where he's at right now and how he's been coaching this team. Because if Dan Quinn leaves the Dallas Cowboys to get a head coaching job, we could see this team absolutely plummet next season because this the talent's there. But who are they going to get to replace Dan Quinn? Because Dan Quinn's done a great job as a defensive guy in, in the past as a, as a football coach, and especially in Dallas, he's turned around this struggling franchise's defensive. He jets... We could see them having a couple years to try to reestablish their footing. So Jerry Jones needs to do everything he possibly can to get hit, make sure he can't leave. And if that means having Dan Quinn be the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys and have him be able to do both a little bit or something like that, try to get some type of incentive to make him stay. They they've got to do that. Uh, they just got to. I think I think I, one of the things I really liked about it, about that article is it shows us like it gives a perspective that you don't hear all the time and something that you don't really think about. But I think it's definitely true. Uh, uh, for this Dallas team, and I think it's true, they can be uh, kind of put on other teams around the league that they need to be working on this as well. But yeah, like I mentioned, if you want to read the full article and make your kind of own impression of it, you can use, go to Omnia Sports or where do you say the article is from? Oh gosh, it is a regional. It's a regional. It's like a Dallas regional. It's like Fort Worth. Yeah, you yeah. can also find it there. But Omnia Sports have it if you want to go check it out that's yourself. The best place to go. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. You have to look for it. Yeah, that's right there. Awesome. So. The NFL, though, uh, is, is rapidly coming to a close. The it NFL is. season uh, is NFL rapidly season, coming yes. to a close. And then we start to turn our attention more toward uh, the NBA and basketball. Um, and so get your head there. Yes. All right? Indeed. You're going with me? Yes, I'm ready. All right. Okay. I feel like we talked about this last year, too, but what's going on with Ben Simmons and the 76ers? He's not played, it sounds like. He's not played at all. He has no interest in playing at all. And How is this still going on? Uh, because How did this not the, get resolved yet? Uh, the 76ers are dragging their feet. These What's te- the deal? Teams have been throwing together trade packages for him. They just want people they're never going to get. They want Damian. Not you're not going to get him. They want playmakers uh, from these teams, and they're not going to be giving them up because obviously they need them for their star franchises. And they and right now they're basically saying anything else you give us, we're not going to accept. And now they've got a complete turmoil. Anything you hear coming out of the 76ers organization is all be, uh, all about Ben Simmons and how he's not going to be playing anymore and the 76ers organization expects only and they don't really even mention who those 5 or 10 6 guys are that they're expecting, but they're they whatever like the um the Pistons put together like a thir- three person uh three or four person trade for Ben Simmons to do a little swap and they're like no, I don't I don't think that's going to work out for us. I think it's it seems it has the same feel of the Aaron Rodgers thing for for uh, the NFL, but the biggest difference is Aaron Rodgers met them halfway and figured out a way to get back to the team. This is more like I'm just going to create an issue. And I think when we were covering basketball just a couple of years ago, uh, I mentioned how much I liked Ben Simmons' defensive play. Yes, he's had his own share of struggles offensively, but defensively, I really like the way he's been playing, and I and I like I think that's some of the, one of his more strong points. But 
now he's just kind of dragging his feet and that's going to end up hurting him as he's going to, if he has to go through free agency or whatnot. But I don't like this types of situations, the way the sports world has kind of gone where superstar players and organizations get into these situations where they're just butting heads like this over and over and over again. seems like there should be some rule that, that, that kind of prohibits such actions from, from getting on in certain, uh, certain leagues and certain spaces. I feel like the NBA has really become, uh, especially this season of, a place where people are just talking about their teams and how they're kind of either falling apart or there's a certain situation where they're kind of stuck. But I think this is the question is, is the 76ers trying to trade Ben Simmons or are they just kind of shopping around and seeing what the best deal they can get and then going to decline everything and hope he comes back? Because right now they're more acting like the second option because teams have tried to create some packages to trade some players to them. But that's really the best you're going to get for him because of his uh, offensive skill set and the way he's been able to play basketball. That's kind of diminished his ability to be um, traded and whatnot. But I also have to think, as the 76ers, you have to be careful because, yes, they want a piece that can complement Joel Embiid. But I think also you have to be careful of holding on too long because the deals will end up to end up evaporating and, and cease to exist if you just shoot all of them down and don't even get them an opportunity to kind of start to take root a little bit. So I'm kind of interested to see exactly like how this all ends. But I mean, maybe they can get James Harden for him um, possibly because James Harden has, um, that's all something that said he's expect uh, expressed interest in maybe leaving the nets to go somewhere else. Maybe you can try to create some trade package there, which I think would be kind of interesting to see him go nets and then him uh, Harden go 76ers, which is an option to, considering that, uh, if the insider is correct on what he said, um, you can see that quote as well. But I think it's one of those things that they need to resolve this soon because I think what happens is the the media and sports podcasts and stuff get hooked onto these one storylines because it doesn't seem like really anything else is happening. And I feel like the, the NBA this season has been dominated by two storylines, the Lakers and this Ben Simmons mm-hmm. uh, uh, news that, that I think even the Clay Thompson coming back after being injured for multiple seasons and being out and finally coming back has been majorly overshadowed by the fact that these two teams can't figure out where they're going and how they're going to get there. And that's really been the main source of news that I see on my Twitter feed. I'm just like scrolling through. I see a lot of NFL and I see a lot of Lakers and 76ers just popping up everywhere. And I'm like, okay, I want to get incorporated into the NBA a little more since the NFL is obviously leaving. So the best storyline I can follow right now uh, especially because I'm watching a lot of NFL games. I'm trying to bounce a little bit between those watching NBA and NFL games, but you end up kind of picking these storylines out. And I figured you guys didn't want to hear more about the Lakers situation. Cause I really don't think there's anything else to say, but uh, <laughs> I thought this was kind of interesting to see that they would turn down such a trade as to get three players for the, for one or two. It seems like they should just do it, get the pressure off their back and just start playing basketball. Uh, but if they're not interested in that, and this is, going to drag their feet a little bit. This could be a um, a thing until the the, the trade deadline, uh, which is February 10th. So we got about a month left of this drama to see how it kind of resolves itself. Mm-hmm. Okay. We will see. We will see. Indeed. We will see. Uh, so I was uh, scrolling on the old umyasports.com website. Uh, so Derek Henry hasn't – it's not official whether he'll play on – he said it, it seems Game like he'll be able to play, but he has not come out and said, I will be playing on Sunday. He's, okay. He's, he's, we'll see how it goes. 
We'll see how it goes. So that people are also, saying he looks ready. So like that's another reason why I decided to do Friday before I did uh, the breakdown of the yeah. games yeah. because I don't know who's going to be playing and who's not going to be playing, and I'll have a better idea on Friday, hopefully, Got of this it. situation right. because I can't pick a game, and then all of a sudden I, I pick the game today, and then on Friday or even Saturday it turns out Tristan Worfs isn't playing, their center's banged up, and now Tampa's yeah. going to lose that game. So I feel like I have the best chance of picking the game correctly if I wait till Friday because then I'll have a better idea of the injury report and Got whatnot. It. Okay, well then, okay, so listeners, tune in on Friday for the pick episode. Yes, exactly. Uh, where you'll break things break things down, break down the matchups, and uh, give your picks. How were you against, so you were 5-0 and straight up. How were you against the spread? Did you cover every game? Uh, all the games that I picked, I was correct against the spread. Not exactly correct, because I predicted the Tampa game was the closest one. I predicted that one by 14. They won by 16. Yeah. But the spread on most of those games was like 4.5, 3 points. Yeah. So yeah. cover the spread as well. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, tune in uh, for more for more for more pick goodness on friday then right indeed all right listeners thanks for listening we appreciate you if you haven't subscribed please do subscribe uh, otherwise we will catch you soon indeed all right see you thanks see you.